Welcome to Cows on the Planet, Season 2, Podcast Number 8. This series of podcasts will be exploring the science of beef production, beef, and impacts of cattle on the environment. My name is Kim Stanford, and I'm from the University of Lethbridge. I've been a little beat up by bovines, but I've never been seriously injured. This would include a group of Holstein steers that just wanted to play, but ended up knocking me over and leaving a trail of hoof prints on my back. But I've met some beef cows that were a little too enthusiastic in their attempts to eliminate me, including one that I began to call the white cow of death. I'll be getting back to her later. My co-host is Dr. Tim McAllister, a principal scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, also in Lethbridge. Our topic today is cows that kill. Were your central Alberta cows aggressive at all, Tim, or could you just walk up to them and ear tag their new calves without needing a suit of armor for protection? Well, Kim, we didn't have a huge herd. We had about 100 cows. And my dad was, though, quite eminent about calling anything that showed any sign of aggression. Our cow herd was usually pretty close to the home place, so they weren't out ranging across extensive grasslands or encountering predators or anything like that. So any cow that chased us didn't last long. She was soon off to the packing plant. Yeah, something I can only dream about. But other than two true bovine crime, is there anything in particular that you are looking forward to in our discussion today? Well, I think it's a serious issue, Kim. Like I think any of us that are in the cattle industry can probably name somebody that's had a bad encounter with a cow or a bull at some point. And and there's fatalities that take place as well. You know, even within the research centers, we've had some problems in the past. So they can be very dangerous animals and they they need to be respected. So I'm looking forward to hearing what Karen has to say about how we can show that respect and, you know, the steps we should try to take to avoid those kinds of incidents. So to get the hard-hitting facts on murderous bovines, and we'll pause for hard-hitting crime podcast-type music. Our guest today is Dr. Karen schwarzkopf Genschwein, research scientist in beef cattle physiology and welfare at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Lethbridge. Welcome back to Cows on the Planet, Karen. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you were our first ever guest and our first returning guest. And so thank you for being a trailblazer. Have you ever had a personal close encounter with an angry bovine where you felt at risk of injury? Yeah, that's a good question, Kim. And actually, yeah, I've I've been kicked once. And really, I would say that it was my fault because the animal was injured. Its leg was injured and it was in severe pain. So I got too close and I got kicked. And luckily, I fell back and I wasn't severely injured. But it just shows you that you always have to be careful and watching what you're doing and recognizing the condition they're in and their behavior as well. There are certain signs that you look for. In terms of feeling at risk of injury, this is for me and anybody else that handles cattle. You always have to be vigilant every time you work with them. There's a lot of variability in the expression of aggression, aggressive behavior to humans and other predators, for example. Variability in that behavior is really caused by a number of things, and that can include genetics, big impact of previous experience with humans and being handled and their physiological or psychological state. Even a normally calm animal can become aggressive in the right situation if they feel stressed or threatened. 
And an example of that is when, you know, if you separate them from a herd, they're herd species. And so if you separate them, they become very anxious and can become very aggressive if you've got them by themselves. So we have to remember they're a prey species and really aggression is an adaptive behavior response to predators and situations that they perceive to be a threat. And of course, that improves their survival and also protecting their young. Well, I think some of them just like to be mean, but (laughs) 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 there's a couple of them that really seem to enjoy being aggressive. So Karen, the most recent statistics I could find had somewhere between 100 to 140 people killed on farms in Canada every year. About 6% of those are deemed to be animal-related. I don't think there's probably a lot of fatalities uh, associated with chickens, although roosters can be pretty aggressive. So I imagine the majority of that 6% is associated with cattle. So, and I imagine quite a few of those might be associated with the calving season as well. So based on your animal welfare knowledge, what is the recommended means of handling an aggressive cow who has just calved and you want to put an ear tag in her calf? Yeah, good question, Tim. So I said it before, a person really needs to understand, anybody working with cattle really needs to understand cattle behavior. And you will know that mothers or recently calved cows are going to be in a place where they want to protect their calves. And so signs of aggression, if you get too close, things like tail flicking, they have a high head, ears and head alert, they can foot stomp, they can snort, they can move very quickly. So my recommendation is to always move as slowly and calmly around them as you can. You should know as much as, I mean, if this is your own cow herd, you know these animals, you know the animals that you're working with, and you you should also understand the flight zone of the animal. So flight zone means the distance between you and the animal, how close you can come to that animal before it moves away. And so an animal that is more fearful or is a highly temperamental animal has a larger flight zone than an animal that is calm or docile. You can get very close to it without it moving away. So that might give you some idea of kind of the temperament of that animal right from the start. When you go in to tag the calf, you should work in an area where you can try and separate the cow from the calf, but not kind of get directly in between them without some kind of barrier. You can use like a piece of plywood or a large straw bale or hay bale. You should never work alone in these situations. Obviously, you should always have more than one person in case something happens. Don't bring dogs or anything else that can aggravate the cow because, you know, if she's fearful of a person or trying to protect against a human and you bring a dog, I would say that that's going to get ramped up pretty quickly. So try and do things very calmly and without aggravating the cow more. You should handle the calf gently also so it doesn't ball a lot or bellow a lot and that could excite the mom and that could cause you more problems too. And have an escape route. Always have a way, have your vehicle door open or close or have you know, a barn door that you know you can escape out of quickly. Yeah, the white cow of death would, like you could have the door of your pickup open when you were tagging her calf and she would just come right through the whole pickup cab to attack you out the other side. So it's a plan, but it doesn't always work. So Karen, if cattle are not habituated to people, is that more of a problem? I went on a tour of a big ranch in Brazil a number of years ago, and I was told that the cattle were only used to seeing people on horseback and would attack someone if they were on foot. 
were the Brazilians just trying to pull the leg of a gullible tourist, or is there some truth to that? What you were told was true, Kim. It's commonly reported because if catalogs never seen a human on foot before, this represents a novelty in their environment. And so, as we know, cattle can become fearful and then therefore aggressive to novel stimuli. And so in this case, a human on foot would be a novel stimuli. If they've always seen you on horseback or say on a quad, then they see that as one entity. It's not that they can separate them. And so that would be something very novel to them. So yeah, they were not pulling your leg. Good to know. (laughs) So Karen, breeding bulls can be aggressive. And if they're fighting with another bull or it's easy to trample an unobservant human, is the whole thing about the color red making bulls angry a myth? You know, so should you avoid wearing your Calgary flame shirt if you're out with the cows? Any general rules of welfare behavior for working around bulls and, and don't turn your back on them? Some bulls do not respect horses and will chase you even if you're on a horse. So bulls have also strong advocates of generating business for auto body shops in the event that uh, pickup trucks get in their way. There's many a uh, dented on-farm pickup truck that has had an encounter with a bull. Yeah, so the thing about the red color making bulls angrier. So this is an excellent example of an urban legend. In fact, cattle are partially colorblind to long wavelengths in which red is one of. So they would perceive red as more like a dull yellow, a gray or a brown color. And on the flip side, they have good color vision in the blue green range Uh, similar to humans, actually. And we know that because of the number of cones of a certain type that are receptors for certain wavelengths in their eyes. And so it makes sense as a ruminant, a grazing ruminant, it makes more sense to be more acutely being able to tell differences between different colors of green and blue than red, perhaps. In terms of working with the bulls, yeah, that is one place. If you look at kind of the fatalities that have been reported, bulls almost contribute half of that, even though they account for a small part of the cattle population. So I think they account for about 2% and they can be responsible for almost 50% of the fatalities to humans. So, you know, similar to the cows, you have to understand the behavior of the animal. And same rules, walk calmly and slowly, try not to aggravate it in any way, try not to run it or yell loudly while running at it. I mean, these are things that they're just common sense things. And if you've dealt with cattle all your life, you'll know that. But even knowing some of these things, they can catch you off guard. So to your point, you should never trust the bull. Always keep your distance. Use that animal's flight zone again. Always be vigilant. Never handle those animals alone. And again, have an escape route. I would just say that you always have to be super careful and know what what your limitations are. (laughs) Most of the fatalities in the literature reported are at least in older farmers. And I'm guessing that's because you might become a bit more comfortable with handling or being around these types of animals. And maybe it's more difficult to escape quickly when you need to. So some of those things are important. Yeah, we had one bull that you couldn't drive him with horses. You couldn't do anything. The only thing he respected was a bull whip. Like just the noise of the whip scared him. But I was no Indiana Jones. I actually knocked myself out trying to practice with a bull whip, which is another story. Like when she regained consciousness, she was lying in a field of dandelions thinking that she could be Indiana Jones and she sure wasn't. 
But are there breed differences in the temperament of cattle, Karen, or is it more how they've been raised and handled? Is that more important than breed? Because back home on the farm, we purchased some Maine and Jew crosses from a neighbor, and it was impossible to even catch them or cull them. They would just leap over an eight-foot slab fence as they headed for the hills, and, and they were fearful and aggressive. And the only way to get rid of them, to cull them, was to accidentally on purpose spill a good-sized pile of barley in front of them. And so they got partial grain overload, and then we were able to push them up a loading chute and off the farm when they weren't feeling like in tip-top condition. So breed an issue? So yes, some breeds have reputations for being more aggressive and reactive than others. And we know a common example is the boss indicus, so Brahmin type cattle are more reactive, more fearful, more aggressive than the British breeds such as Herefords and Angus. We have really limited research that shows that fear of humans is only moderately heritable, so fear relating to aggression, and that heritability is 0.3 to 0.5. And because it's kind of lower or only moderately heritable, it's reasonable to expect that selection against fearful cattle is really probably not the most efficient in terms of reducing aggression. And so it's likely that a combination of the genetics as well as the previous handling experience, and I would say previous handling experience can account for a lot, knowing that this heritability component or genetics component is lower. So really a key factor in helping to reduce aggressive behavior is that habituation piece that you asked about earlier. And so habituation means that you expose cattle to humans from an early age and you have that repeated over time. And that's just part of the piece because it's not just the presence of humans that are important. It's how the animals interact or how you interact with the cattle. So if every time you handle those animals, it's a negative experience. So you put them through the chute or you rope them and throw them on the ground roughly and you castrate them and you prod them and you do, not that we're advocating for those things, but the more roughly you handle them, the more negative that experience is for them, the greater the chance that those animals just, then they associate that human or humans with that negative experience, which creates more fear and therefore aggression. So every time you handle them, you should handle them at least neutrally. So you're not causing any negative things to them. And ideally, it should be a positive experience. So when you said you gave the animals some grain to get them loaded into the trailer, that's positive reinforcement, right? So you're making that a positive experience related to human. And, and that's what we want. And that's what we do with habituation. On the flip side, we have something called sensitization. So if every time an animal meets a human and that experience is very negative or painful or stressful, this can cause something called sensitization, which increases the fear in the animal and also the potential for aggression. Yeah, with a good old white cow of death, I'm not sure I could ever make her handling experiences positive because every time she saw me, she would basically attack me. So I needed to grab a two by four or whatever I could get to kind of beat her off um, so that she wouldn't attack me. So I don't think I was making anything better. I think it was compounding the issue, just a circle of aggression. So Karen, in Britain, it seems there's a few deaths every year from people hiking through cattle pastures and they're attacked by cattle. There's no restrictions in terms of 
people going and, and hiking across farmland in in Great Britain. That's one of the rules they have is that farmers can't restrict access. Uh, and these wouldn't be feral cattle either. So I'm just wondering whether from a welfare behavior perspective, how would you recommend to someone to hike through a pasture containing cattle, distance themselves at least 100 meters, or is it necessary to stay even further away if they have newborn calves? Yeah, similar to what we've been talking about, Tim. So I would say really never enter a pasture or pen with cattle that you're not familiar with. That's probably a good rule of thumb. You probably shouldn't be there anyways. If you absolutely have to go into a pasture or pen, as you indicated, you should keep a good distance. And again, that's going to depend on the temperament of those animals or how much they see you as a threat. And so animals that are highly temperamental, you might only be able to get as close as 300 feet before they really start to have that high head behavior. So, you know, be vigilant about what their response to you is as well. So if you know they're, you know, they've got that high head, perked up ears, their tail flicking, they're stomping their feet, like get away fast, go as far as you can from them. And certainly don't approach a cow and her calf. That's, that's, especially if you're not used to being around those animals, it's just not a good idea, obviously, for the things that we've already talked about. And so, yeah, I think you just have to be very, vigilant about where you're walking and don't take for granted that it's just a nice calm day beautiful day in the pasture with the cows grazing so karen back to my beloved white cow of death i think she must have been distantly related to those brazilian cattle because she attacked me whenever i was on foot even if her calf was nowhere in sight. And after a few good cardio experiences with her, like running away as fast as I could, I suggested she should be culled. But I was laughed at with comments like, we need a bit of fight in our cows to fend off the coyotes. Is that true? Is a cow that's aggressive to humans more likely to defend her calf from predators? Because myself, I would prefer cattle which were not aggressive to people that would then stomp on a coyote. And somehow I think that the white cow of death would be so focused on putting the run on me that she wouldn't notice her calf was being considered as a possible lunch for a local coyote pack. Yeah, so whoever told you or your your dad or your family members told you was correct based on a few studies that exist and that have actually been done on this. So those studies would indicate that aggressive or high-spirited cattle are by nature better protectors of their offspring than docile cattle. So they experience less calf fatality due to predators than the docile cattle. So yeah, I would say that's true as far as we know, as far as the limited number of studies that have been done on the topic. So it's more important to have cattle that can defend against predators versus, I guess I was expendable. That was the message that, <laughs> that came home. So Karen, we've all heard the uh, comment that an elephant never forgets. Is it the same with cattle? So if cattle are maltreated by people, will they become more aggressive towards that individual? Will they remember that individual and be more likely to attack them at some point in the future? Yeah, so we talked about if that experience has been negative, and it's this previous experience piece that's really important. So again, they remembered previous negative experiences, and that's why they either can get sensitized or, if it's a positive one, habituated to people and become less fearful over time. But they do remember negative experiences. 
there have been studies done where animals are put through a chute and they have either been prodded or presented with a bucket of grain. And those animals that were prodded every time they went through are much more reluctant to go through the handling facility where that happened than those that were given the bucket of grain. So we know that they're, they have memory of that. And that is a place where we can make huge inroads into kind of modifying aggression in animals is just by this habituation piece. Now, as Kim mentioned, it, it may not work for every single animal because in some animals, no matter how much you habituate them or how much you try to habituate them and make them a positive experience, it never changes anything. But as a rule of thumb, I could say you could moderate or modify this behavior through positive reinforcement, positive experiences, positive future experiences of those cattle going through. So less walking, less aggression, that type of thing. So would Kim have been better to stand her ground with the white cow of death? Did it chase her because it knew that she was afraid of it? That's a really good question. We do know that certain cattle, they can react differently to different handlers, even though there has not been a negative experience. What they're cueing on, I couldn't tell you. I think we know very little on this topic or in this area of research, not much has been done. So in some ways, your guess is as good as mine. But I think once that pattern of behavior has started with a certain individual, it's hard to change. But again, given that, I think we really don't know much about this and we could certainly do some more research in this area. Yeah, I'm not sure she'd wanted to have taken the chance. She may not be here for the podcast today if she'd have tried to stand her ground with the white cow death. Yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be out still in a pasture, a pile of bones somewhere. My family wouldn't have bothered to look because it's more important that the white cow of death raise a nice calf every year than if I come back home. But that's just my family. So thank you, Karen, for, for being a, a super guest. I think this is an interesting topic. Thanks, Kim and Tim. Tim, we've heard that there are people who are killed by cattle most every year in Canada and that many of these can be traced to calving season or bulls. What would be your take-home points from what Karen had to say? Well, I think Karen emphasized that cows do have memories so they can remember how they've been treated in the past and if they've been treated in an aggressive manner or in a way that's caused them discomfort, they're more likely to be dangerous if they're put back in that situation at some point in the future. The other thing to think about is, you know, is to be able to read cattle, I think is really important. We talk about that a lot, but there is definitely a skill in that, being able to recognize the aggressive signs that an animal will give an individual that's threatening them and to keep your distance and to make sure that you've got something that's between you and the animal in the event that they do decide to be aggressive and come after you. So very important topic, I think. Injury is something we definitely want to avoid on the farm. And having good cattle knowledge is really important for that. I think the other thing to emphasize is that you, you definitely don't want inexperienced people handling cattle that, you know, really do not have that cattle sense, cannot read the animal in terms of its level of aggression. And be careful hikers across pastures with cattle. <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep your distance. Probably most of them are the people that cannot read the level of aggression in the animal. And probably have their dog along with them on their nice little walk, which will probably escalate the situation. Thank you to our listeners for our podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share them with your friends who may be interested. 
We're always happy to take suggestions for future podcasts or revisit topics from old episodes if there's something we have missed. You can send us some feedback on our Facebook page, Cows on the Planet. We can also be reached by Instagram at Cows on the Planet or Twitter at Planet underscore Cows. So our next podcast will be featured Dr. Sarah Kilpatrick of the UC Davis discussing is grass-fed beef better for human health and the environment? We need to thank our production team. Carter Potts is our audio engineer and theme music developer, happily editing out the snaps, crackles, and pops from our recordings. UV Abiscaria is our in-house Photoshopper, and Christy Thomas is our social media guru influencer. Now for some words from our sponsors, which are the Beef Cattle Research Council, Canada Beef, and the University of Lethbridge. Nothing we are talking about represents the views of these organizations. We are just looking for the honest opinions of other scientists, farmers, or experts in any of the areas we are discussing. Mm -hmm.